No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schapp. Our next guest is the author of a new book, Overtime. Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines at the crossroads of college football. The author is John U. Bacon, who returns to the show. John, thanks for being with us. Jeremy, always a pleasure. John, I've spent some time with Jim Harbaugh over the years, going back to his playing days in the NFL. And I'll start by saying this. There aren't a lot of genuinely eccentric people you meet, <laughs> you know, on a daily basis or an annual basis for that matter. Jim strikes me as just such a person. How does that personality benefit a program such as the University of Michigan, which is um, you know, one of the prestige uh, blue ribbon programs in college football and has been for a century? Well, first, I've been around the block, too, a little while, and I'd say you're probably right, that he is one of the last of the true eccentrics in the old days, Dizzy Dean and Casey Stengel, plenty of them. Right. Uh, and, your, and your dad, Dan, so on, and now, not so much. Jim still qualifies. He loves to use language from the 1930s, talking about youngsters and whatnot. Right. Um, so he always enjoys that. Uh, I would say, for the most part, uh, his often monomaniacal pursuit of this is probably, like you said, uh, more help than hindrance. Um, no question the guy is focused. The hours are crazy. The hours are crazy for all head coaches, obviously, Dabo Sweeney and Saban included. Um, but Jim's intensity seems to rifle through the whole building. And one of the chapters I've gotten there is it takes a village. Uh, 67 staffers work 100 hours each per week, uh, every week. And in the offseason, 50 hours, not just the coaches, we're talking nutritionists, strength coaches, mm. recruiting coordinators, you name it. Uh, so that kind of intensity can certainly bode well for the rest of the building. We're speaking with John U. Bacon about his fascinating new book about one of the most fascinating characters in sports. No question about it. Jim Harbaugh, the book's titled Overtime, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines at the Crossroads of College Football. Um, what are the roads leading into that intersection? The crossroads, I would say two things. One is uh, kind of on two levels. One, in Jim's case, of course, this is year five coming up. And although internally with the athletic director at Michigan Ward Manual, the vote is one nothing in Jim's favor. <laughs> that is ultimately all that matters. It's not really a hot seat as far as that goes. But no doubt publicly with the national media, national fans, even a growing chunk of Michigan fans, I'd say a minority of 10 to 15, 20 percent. Uh, the Grumman is beginning about not being, beating Ohio State, not winning a Big Ten title, not competing for a national title, of course, not yet. He's been close to all those things, but not done any of them. Um, in that sense, the question is, can he get the program back to where it was more than a decade ago, about 15 years ago, um, or can he not? So in that sense, it's a crossroads for him. I'd also think, too, and I bet you agree with this, the sport itself is at a crossroads based on safety, the perception of safety, the business of parents to let their kids play the game, uh, the recruiting business. The, some schools are cheating. Some schools aren't, of course. Which direction is the whole thing going to go? And that, of course, the sport itself, I believe, is at a pretty major crossroads as well. One of the things we think about when we talk about Jim Harbaugh, a coach who came from the NFL as a player, 
who coached in the NFL, reached a Super Bowl as a head coach, of course, with the San Francisco 49ers. He has an impeccable resume, and yet people still question his acumen as a coach, which just seems insane, (laughs) right? I mean, here's a guy who did great things at Stanford as a head coach. He did great things uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. His teams have been very strong in his first few seasons at Michigan, and yet people aren't still really sold on him as a football guru. Why is that? And that is a great question. And unlike his mentor, Bo Schimmeckler, Jim, as you know, is a 14-year NFL quarterback. You've got to believe he learned along the way, as well as, of course, highly successful at all those coaching stops. I would say two things, one internally and one externally, and I'll reverse that. Externally, all week long during the season, he is overrated, overblown, overdue, all this stuff, mm. uh, overpaid, et cetera, et cetera, until Monday comes along and some NFL team, of course, has lost. And Everett says the same guy who can't coach a lick, he's going to go to Indianapolis, Chicago, New York, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So for some reason, he's both incompetent and highly in demand (laughs) within the same week. Now, that's the external view. The internal view, of course, Michigan fans, I love them dearly. I grew up here in Ann Arbor. Uh, These are my, my, this is my posse, if you will. I got to be subjective myself, but nonetheless, nonetheless, love them do, Jeremy. My line about them is some Michigan fans are not happy unless they're not happy. They can find things to complain about. Uh, in a 38 nothing whitewash of Notre Dame a few years ago, I was doing a radio show with Jamie Morris, the old tailback, and we jokingly asked the Michigan fans to complain about something in that amazing game versus Notre Dame. They filled two hours, no problem. So <laughs> how, who they think they're going to get, you know, if you got Harbaugh, you know, by all kinds of crazy, you know, it's falling in the right direction to get him from the NFL to come back to Michigan. Uh, who do you think you're going to get next? Yeah. Who do you think is going to be better than Jim Harbaugh? It's you know crazy, and that's where the confidence bordering on arrogance can really bite Michigan in the tail if they listen to that. I can't imagine Michigan getting a better candidate right now. Yeah, well, I, I suspect our producer, Dan Zakcheski, is going to excise this portion of the conversation. But, <laughs> but as a Cornell man, we take great pride in the fact that I believe, unless something has changed recently, the Cornell is the only school to have played Michigan at least five times to have a winning record against the Wolverines. I bet that's probably right. And the last game was, what, 47 or 48? It was something like that. I mean, <laughs> it, it counts. I mean, you know, it's not like college football didn't exist before, you know, not at all. But, of course, he's dominated for many decades. And hey, your dad's a proud Cornell grad as well. That's exactly right. Uh, that's exactly I think right. lacrosse was his sport. Lacrosse was Brown. his game. That's right. He played against that's Jim Brown. That's Fuzzy Thurston's book, Midnight, by the way, so in Green Bay. <laughs> but tell uh, tell your man, tell your producer, I don't recommend a rescheduling. No rematch. Right, right. Not, uh, hang, out, hang out for the record. Yeah. Um, so... Here's a here's another thing about Harbaugh that you know I always because I, I'm 50 now and I was covering the NFL back when he was a quarterback in the league and you know he he kind of um, resurrected himself after leaving the Bears with the Colts and right. he used to always give that same kind of speech about how his life was a country music song I think it was his girlfriend dumped <laughs> him and I think dog his dog died. died that you know the speech right and yep. and and I heard him say it so many times and. I think he came to believe that it really did represent a significant part of his story. Is he still that guy whose life was a country music song and he found a way to pick up the pieces and find success? Uh, More than I would have expected. I always thought, Jim, we're the same age, actually, and I grew up playing baseball against him and hockey with him for one season. And one of us, Jeremy, was a great athlete. I won't tell you who. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, 
But he is eccentric back then. He's, you know, the, the engine was buzzing very high back then as well. But I always saw him as this kind of golden boy, this great athlete in football, basketball, and uh, baseball. Started in the varsity, all three of those, as a sophomore at Ann Arbor Pioneer mm. High School, which was the biggest in the state at the time. So it's a very rare accomplishment. And his older brother, John, well known to you, uh, was a athlete, but nowhere near as good as Jim. Uh, but John, in our long interview for this book, pointed out that actually Jim was usually an outsider in all these situations and had a clause way to respectability. In Palo Alto High, he was a backup and had to beat the favorite quarterback. Uh, Stanford did not even recruit him, even though his dad was a defensive coordinator. Mm. Mission gave him a scholarship at the last minute. He's you know, number six or seven on that flow chart. Uh, Dick didn't want him. Wallenstead didn't want him with the Bears. Uh, Dick Tobin, the GM, did. Same thing at uh, Indianapolis. He's always trying to beat out somebody ahead of him who is favored. And I never saw him that way, but I think that Jim's life has been that way most of the time. In the early 2000s, Eastern Michigan University, the graveyard of coaches, would not even give him an interview. The opposite of Miami of Ohio. I like that. Exactly right. The the anti-matter, if you will, (laughs) of Miami of Ohio. Uh, the graveyard of coaches, they would not even give Jim an interview for a job that they gave to two other guys and going like 15 and mm. 70. Uh, so even he had to prove himself. Uh, so I think you're right. In some ways, Jim is, in many ways, an underdog in most of his pursuits. Well, once again, uh, the stakes are high for the Wolverines and for Jim Harbaugh, who is certainly accustomed to being on some kind of a hot seat, uh, whatever it is, the new book, Overtime, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines, at the crossroads of college football. John, thanks for joining us. Jeremy, thanks. And by the way, readers out there, get his book on Jesse Owens. It is fantastic. Oh, thank you. Especially to say that in Ohio State, man. I take uh, <laughs> there you go. a How lot about of satisfaction. That? True, true praise. <laughs> John U. Bacon.